Hey, I'm in a series called Living Strong and Living Long. Let's go to uh, Psalm 491. And would you please stand with me as we read this verse of scripture, if you don't mind? Psalm 91, 14, 15, and 16. Let's all read together out loud. Because he has set his love upon me, therefore I will deliver him. I will set him on high because he has known my name. He shall call upon me, and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. And with long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. You can be seated. Thank you. Notice what he says there in Psalm 91, especially the last verse, verse 16. He says, with long life. Everybody say long life. Long life, I will satisfy him. What? Look at that next phrase there. Not only is there a long life promise, but there's a satisfaction that comes with that long life. You say, well, Pastor Brian, I'm 20-something years old. How does that relate to me? Well, it relates to you because one day God's plan is for you to get to this long life. But notice the word satisfy. You can be unsatisfied at 80, you can be unsatisfied at 20, but the Lord promised you satisfaction in him, and he says at the end of that verse, he'll show you his salvation. And what a tremendous promise that is. And again, I, I like what others have said. Uh, Coach Nick Saban, who is now 70, about to be 71 years old, coaches those uh, young football players in, in Alabama that are in their young 20s, and he says, with age comes wisdom and experience. I like what Sophia Lauren said. She's now 88 at the time of this broadcast. She said, there is a fountain of youth. It is in your mind. It is in your talents. It's in your creativity to bring to your, to, you bring to your life. When you tap into this source, you have truly defeated age. I like that. I like what she says there. And then I like what, listen to this. This is from Mr. J.D. Rockefeller, who is the founder of the Rockefeller, Rockefeller Enterprises and uh, Standard Oil. Um, he's the original Rockefeller. He said this, I was taught early to work as well as play. My life has been one long happy holiday, full of work and full of play. I dropped the worry on the way, and God was good to me every day. <laughs> That's pretty good for the richest man, one of the richest men that ever walk this earth other than Solomon himself, especially as an American. Hey, but let's look at some things here. Number one, I want to show you that it is God's desire for you to live a long, good life. And it will start here in Genesis 6-3, going back all the way to the beginning of the Bible. Genesis 6-3, look at what it says here in Genesis 6-3. And uh, this is not my words, but it's God's words. Genesis 6-3, notice what it says here. And the Lord said, everybody say, the Lord said. And the Lord said, my spirit shall not strive with man forever, for he is indeed flesh, yet his days shall be 120 years. Isn't that interesting? And so uh, a lot of people sort of ignore that and uh, don't really realize that promise, but it's God's plan, even though we have more sanitarians than we've ever had before. And I'm thankful for that. A lot of people are living past 100 in an easy manner and breaking that barrier. And again, I want to make my uh, declaration. If you attend this church uh, and if you're over 100 years old, we will give you $1,000 for making 100, and then we'll work out certain benefits after that as you continue to grow in age. So I don't know if any other church does that, but we will reward you that the older you get, the richer you get. 
<laughs> you get paid to come to church. Anyway, but notice what it says here. He says, notice what God says. He will not strive with man forever. That means he doesn't want you here. He wants you there. But he says in, in, the, in your flesh, your days on this earth will be 120 years. Well, Pastor Brian, what about in the Bible where it says, you know, it's 70 or 80 years? Okay, let's look at that in Psalms 90. Psalms 90. Notice what that says in Psalms 90 verse 10. Now, again, we read this verse of scripture, and this verse is quoted a lot concerning the numbers 70, 80. However, ladies and gentlemen, let me show you something. This was written to the children of Israel when they were in disobedience. It wasn't written as a promise. What I read you a while ago in Genesis 6-3 is a promise. This was a it was an after effect, if you'll let me say that, of their disobedience. And this is what Moses said because of their disobedience. He said, the days of our lives are 70 years, if by reason of strength they're 80. Which is pretty amazing, the fact that back then it was not as easy to live as it is now. And yet God was by his mercy giving them 70 to 80 years. But notice what it says. It says, by reason of strength they're 80 years, yet they boast in the only their labor and sorrow for it is soon cut off and we'll, we will fly away. But notice what it says right there. It says 70 to 80 years, basically, in that window. But that's not God's plan. God's plan is for you to live long and to live strong. You say, well, Pastor Brian, I'm just like Job in the Bible. I've got afflictions and problems and all kinds of things. How many have ever heard about, about Job? Whoa, Job, poor Job. I mean, I, I heard that when I first became a Christian, you know, you know, I'm sort of like Job. And then I got to read and I read the book of Job. And then I read the last chapter of the book of Job. And I'm pretty amazed at what happened to Job. And I want to show you what happened to Job in Job 42. Check this out. <laughs> I don't know if you realize this about Job because he's quoted about the first part of his life, but let's look at the second part of his life. Watch this. Job chapter 42, verse 12. Now the Lord blessed the latter days of Job. Oh, okay, watch that now. The latter days. So Pastor Brian's little phrase, the older you get, the better you get somehow in the Bible, is it not? It says that the, Job, that the Lord blessed the latter days of Job more than his beginning. Isn't that interesting? He blessed his latter days more than his beginning. Now, again, this was relevant to that day. He had 14,000 sheep. That's a lot of sheep. Bye. And then he had 6,000 camels. That's a big animal. He had 1,000 oxen, had 1,000 female donkeys. Lord have mercy. And then he had seven sons and three daughters. Okay. And then here's the name of them. He called them the first one, Jeremiah, and then go on and on and on, verse 15. And then um, and in all the land, watch this, in all the land were found no women so beautiful as the daughters of Job. Sorry, I can't pronounce the daughters of Job's names, but thank God when we get to heaven, there will be name tags. And, and their father gave them an inheritance, look at that, among their brothers. Watch this in verse 16. And look at this. <clears throat> this is interesting. And this, after this, after Job did all this and had all this, he lived 120 years, but what did he live? 40 years. Wow. He lived 140 years. So yeah, Job had a hard time. He had a bad situation. He had a wife that wasn't necessarily a blessing to him and uh, had some other problems, but he endured all through that. Satan attacked him and he lived 140 years and saw his children and grandchildren for four generations. Isn't that awesome, ladies and gentlemen? In verse 17. And so he died old and what? Full of days. Isn't that an encouragement to you and I to know the promises of God? That that's God's plan. And that man was under the old covenant. 
How much better do a covenant we have now? And notice what backs up there where it says, talked about he, he saw the generations of his grandchildren. And he experienced that. And he didn't experience that being sick and feeble. He experienced that in the strength because he says, like, like I love what it says right here. He said he saw his children and grandchildren for four generations. And I can't describe, I don't know necessarily how to articulate that last phrase, but I'll trust that you can too and, and on your own. It says he was full of days. What does that mean, ladies and gentlemen? In my opinion, that means he lived a good life. He didn't endure it. He enjoyed it. He was full of days. He made every day count. And as Sophia Lauren said, she found the fountain of youth in your mind, in your talents, in your creativity to bring to life that when you tap into this, you truly defeat the aging process. And I like those kind of attitudes. I really do. And I believe that God's plan is for you and I not to endure this life, but to enjoy it. I wouldn't want to go back in time. Thank God for 40 years ago. Thank God for being saved. Thank God for being delivered. Thank God for being whole. But I like where I am today. I love where I am today. I appreciate God saving my soul, but my goodness, I wouldn't want to go back. Yes, it's great to have that. And again, Kenny Chesney has a song where, you know, don't blink. I'd like to add to that. Life moves fast. I mean, it's hard to believe it's been 40 years. It went by like that. But I'm excited about the next 40. And if, and if God's will is 120 years, I'm going to give it my best if Jesus tarries to live that long. And so I'm going to get that $1,000 after <laughs> I turn 100. Nah, I don't need that. But my point is, is this. I, I want to, if Jesus tarries, I want the older I get, the better I become. And that's so possible. Again, uh, this is not in the verses of Scripture, but uh, again, I'm just going to read it to you. And please, y'all don't have to do this on the screen, but just let me remind you. We read it last week, and it is, this is something that I pray every day over us. It's in, it's in Deuteronomy 34 and verse 7. It says, Moses was 120 years old when he died. Of course, we've already talked about that, but notice this phrase. His eyes were not dim, and his natural forces were not abandoned. New King James says his vigor was not diminished. What does it mean by vigor? His ability to live life, to enjoy life, to be responsible that the older he got, he was not going to say, I'm breaking down and falling apart. No, no, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to continue going. I know that there's certain things about your youth when it comes to strength, when it comes to other things. I understand that. But, you know, again, see, being a senior adult is not, to, is not some curse. But society's made it that way, has it not? They've demeaned it. And they've, they've almost cursed it to the point that, that seniors, you know, sort of uh, are this part of society that, you know, well, we just have to put up with. And I realize that if you've ever been to a nursing home, if you've ever seen senior, senior adults that are not doing well, it's a, it's a hardship. And it's a hardship on children and family members sometimes. But however, that's not God's plan. God's plan is for the senior adult population to be strong and to be healthy. One thing I admire about my 90... Seven-year-old grandmother, before she left this earth, she was independent with a capital I. <laughs> I mean, she was completely living strong and living long. And I admired and respected that. And the older I've gotten, even though she left this earth in 2008, at, at that age, I admire what I saw in her. I admire the determination. And now I greater appreciate that just absolute audacity for her to live by herself, be independent, and not be, you know, dependent on no one necessarily even though she depended on people and people helped her, but she had this mindset and this 
mentality that I'm going to make it and I'm going to do what I need to do. And I'm not going to be like the others. As a matter of fact, she kept referring to senior adults in her 90s as those senior adults. <laughs> like she was another person and they were senior adults. And I love that attitude. You say, well, Pastor Brian, what stops a person's life from shortening? What, what, how does a person shorten their life? I'm, I'm so glad you asked that question. Proverbs 10.27. Proverbs 10.27. Look at this. The fear of the Lord. Let's read it together. Just where you're sitting. Let's read it together. The fear of the Lord prolongs days, but the years of the wicked will be what? Shorten. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of the wisdom, is beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. So what happens, again, in that verse 20, uh, yeah, I'm sorry, Proverbs 9, 10. Yeah, there you go. Thank you. The fear of the, <laughs> yeah, go back. The fear of the Lord prolongs days, but the years of the wicked shall be shortened. Isn't that interesting? That What does it say? The years of the wicked shall be shortened. You ever looked at Adolf Hitler? I've done a lot of study of history because of my dad. I mean, that man was in his 50s when he died. But, you know, he looked like he's nearly 80-something, naturally speaking, especially the last two years of his life, because the wickedness in that man's life. And he was, his life was cut short. But again, in Proverbs 9, 10 through 11, thank you. This next verse, it says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of the wisdom and knowledge is the and knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. And then verse 11, is it verse 11? Yes. For by me, your days will be what? Multiplied and years of life will be added to you. Interesting. The fear of the Lord. So if you honor God, if you trust him, it says his days will be multiplied and be added to you. Now, listen, I know that there's a lot of questions about when people pass away and certain things happen to people. And it's not always disobedience. So we can't always put everything under one umbrella. But I'm just saying that God's plan is, as you obey him, that he'll add years to your life. As you honor him, he will honor you. Now, I know sickness and disease. I know premature things happen. I mean, things happen. We're going to talk about that in just a second. But again, God's plan is for you to have a long life. Okay? And we'll talk about this some more. Number, the next thing we'll talk about, obeying the Lord will add years to your life. Turn to Ephesians 6, 1 through 3. Now, this is a promise for everybody in this room, especially if you're under 20 years old. It says, children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Notice that. Obey your parents and the Lord. This is right. Verse number two, honor your father and your mother. Notice what it says, which is the first commandment with promise. And then verse three says this, that it may be well with you. Watch this. And that you may live long on the earth. Interesting. Honoring your father and your mother will give you a, a life of wellness and a good, a good life and that you will live long on the earth. Isn't that interesting? Promise. He says, Pastor Brian, I don't have good parents. It didn't say if your parents were good. It said honor them the best way you could in the framework. But again, I'm talking to parents and grandparents in this room that do have the right to be honored. But notice what it says. It says that you may be well and that you may live long on the earth. And a beautiful promise. He said, Pastor Brian, my parents are gone or whatever the situation may be. Well, you can still honor them. You can still respect their legacy. I knew of a man recently, his father passed away and he did everything he could to honor his dad's legacy. He paid some bills off. He did some things his dad left undone. And uh, as you, I guess you would say, put his house in order, even though his dad passed away. And I thought that was so honorable that he did that. 
You know, he cleared his dad's name. He took care of things and did things that, and moved things around that nobody knew about and made sure accounts were in order and honored his dad's name. I thought that was so honorable and that was so good of him. And I tell you what, that's the way we should do things. And number two, God's will isn't always manifested here on the earth. Pastor Brian, I can't believe you're saying that. <laughs> when it comes to life, sometimes God's will isn't always manifest here on the earth. I'm going to show you how. Listen to these statements. Okay, can we die before our time? Now, this is a subject we might get into more and more as we go forward. For but example, I'm going to give you some examples. In abortion, is that God's appointed time for a baby to die? No, absolutely not. So what happened there? That was murder. Number two, in suicide, is that God's appointed time for a person to die? No. You say, Pastor Brian, does somebody go to heaven that committed suicide? If they're a believer, they do. I mean, this is not a sin. It's just a premature act on them taking their life when they could have lived the very promises that I've talked about. And it's sad that they would do that. It's sad that they would come to a place that were, where they would want to give up. But uh, suicide will not send you to eternity away from God unless you're an unbeliever. Number three, notice what it says, in an accident, is that God's appointed time for them to die? No, it was an accident. It was an accident a DUI or something like that. It's just an unfortunate situation. For example, in a hurricane or a weather-related situation, is that God's appointed time for a person to die? Absolutely not. It's just a, one of those things of nature. Like, for example, the Titanic, the arrogance of man, saying that this ship was unsinkable and it was built incorrectly. If you studied metal, the metallology of that situation, the Titanic, you'll realize that that when that the ice when the, those platelets hit that ice at a certain way at a certain speed there was certain certain scientific dynamic there that caused that ship to sink what's the greatest tragedy of that was not necessarily the metal situation it was the fact there was wasn't enough lifeboats <laughs> i mean really not enough lifeboats to take care of the people that were on there and people died, and it was sad that what happened. And then the next one is mur in murder. Is that a God's appointed time for a person to die? Absolutely not. Whether it's in a warfare situation or a crime, and crimes happen, unfortunately, that's not God's plan. But God's plan is you and I to every single day as we move forward to our lives to fight the good fight of faith, to believe him, to trust him, and say, I'm going to live my life, and I'm going to believe for my family to live their lives, and we're going to fight this fight of faith because the enemy's out there killing, stealing, and destroying. He never stops his agenda, does he not? I mean, he wakes up every single day. Well, he doesn't wake up, but we wake up every single day to the fact that he is killing, stealing, and destroying. He's got a 24-hour-7 agenda for you, and he doesn't want you to discover God's plan for your life. Listen, the reason why the enemy wants to kill people prematurely is because if you ever get a hold of the things I'm talking about, if you ever become a person that begins to not just hear the Word of God, but to minister it and share it and take it to others and start changing people's lives and not be self-focused, but be outward-focused as you, as you focus on yourself, you're dangerous to him. The most dangerous person on this earth is not a person of authority necessarily to the devil. The most dangerous person is a believer that gets hold of the revelation that God wants me to, God has me here for a purpose and I am living in that purpose and the longer I live in that purpose, the better I get in that purpose. And when you become that kind of person, you are dangerous to the enemy and yes, he's going to attack you. But the Bible says clearly that no weapon formed against you will prosper. And when sickness comes knocking on your door, you 
need to stand against it. When other things come against you, you need to stand against it and fight the good fight of faith because it's not God's will for you to perish in the things that I've just listed. His will for you, in my opinion, is to live a long life. And when you want to go to heaven and you're ready to go to heaven, why don't you just go to sleep and wake up on the other side? Does that sound good to me? It sounds good to you? Sounds good to me. I mean, why do we have to be in an IC room or a, a, a hospice facility and do that, have that happen? Why can't we just go to bed? You said, Pastor Brian, is that possible? I have two family members that did that. One grandmother and one grandfather. Both went to bed and woke up in heaven. Isn't that pretty awesome? Isn't that the way to go? No sickness, no disease, no crying out or whatever. I mean, I'm talking about the anxiety of death and the pain of death. I mean, literally, my grandfather went to bed that night, worked a full day, went to bed, and mother went to check on him the next morning. He was in his bed, looked like he was asleep, and he went to heaven. Now, that's pretty awesome. My grandmother, who was the 97-year-old, she... <laughs> <laughs> we said that she was going to be in a senior home for 30 days, and she said, hell no. <laughs> she said, I'm not going to do it. That's what she said to me on the phone. She said, honey, uh, Mamma ain't going to no senior adult center. That's where those people live. I don't live at that place. I live at the farm. I said, yes, ma'am, but Mamma, I said, we got to take you there for a couple, two weeks. Well, honey, I don't know about that. I'm just not quite sure about that. I said, Mamma, it's going to be just fine. Like, who am I talking to her to reason her out of that? But that morning when we were taking her to get her checked out to check her back in the facility, you know what she did? She got in the ambulance that morning. That night, she just started telling me and others, listen, I think I'm going to leave. I said, no, Mamma, you're not leaving. You know, like we thought she was going to leave the facility. I said, no, Mamma, you're not leaving. She said, I'm going to be leaving. And she left in the morning in the ambulance before she got to the hospital. Her blood pressure just sort of went like that. And she went to sleep. And when they rolled her in the room, she was gone. Not a sound, not a scream, not nothing. Isn't that awesome? <laughs> <laughs> that was awesome. I flew there the next day. They had the, the you know, had the viewing immediately. And because of this, the way they set it up, and I looked at her, I, I came in here and I just said, hey, can I have the room by myself? And the family said, sure. And I went in there and closed it. I, I said, Mamma Jacobs, why in the world did you leave me? You said you would live to a hundred and I wanted you to live to a hundred. I was sort of upset and looking at her and I was sort of mad. And all of a sudden, this hit me that the fact that she was satisfied and she did not want to live on the dictates of the way we were going to live it. She wanted to live on the dictates of the way she wanted to live it. And she wanted to live not in no uh, senior adult center, which is nothing wrong with that. She wanted to be in her bed, in her control, and she did it her way. I opened the door. I had made peace with God. I made peace with her. I did her funeral. And it was the happiest occasion I've ever done a funeral in all my life. Didn't cry one tear. I wasn't sad. I was rejoicing because this woman was satisfied. And before they closed the casket and we buried her that afternoon, I looked at her face one more time and I saw satisfaction and peace. And how can you not have that if you not when you trust the Lord? You have that. God is faithful. God is good, and he can live, you can live a life. And here I am sharing her testimony all these years later because somebody dared to believe God and trust him with their life. I'm telling you what, ladies and gentlemen, he is worthy. He is worthy of everything you give him. He's worthy of the fight of faith. And let me tell you something, living for 25 years by yourself, this senior adult woman did on a 60-acre farm, 
and running a business and doing all that she did, and she didn't even drive a car. <laughs> she never drove a car all her life, yet she did that. She had only a sixth grade education, but her handwriting to this day is, other than my mother-in-law, Miss Blanca, is the prettiest handwriting I've ever seen of a human being in all my life. And articulate and read and knew the facts and never lost her mind, not one time. Isn't that awesome, ladies and gentlemen? But when you trust God, you can have that kind of life. When you put your life into his life, I tell you what, he's good. And you could be like Moses. Moses lived to 120 years old. He climbed a mountain. He climbed a mountain and God said, listen, I want you up here. Just, just let me take that spirit out of that body. We'll bury your body somewhere, somehow. I'll take care of it. Don't you worry about it. And Moses came on to heaven. Isn't that awesome? I mean, that's the beauty. <laughs> Look at Enoch. Enoch was walking with God for 365 days. And all of a sudden, God said, listen, you've been here 365 days. Enough is enough. Just come on and be with me. Let's just get out of here. I tell you what, ladies and gentlemen, when you trust the Lord, everything is going to be all right. He's got a good life for you. You say, but Pastor Ron, people have died prematurely. What about this? And what about that, that in the news? I understand. I understand. But listen, that doesn't change the promise of God and what his plan is for your life. He loves you. You say, Pastor Ron, I've made mistakes. I've, I've done things I shouldn't have done. Well, welcome to the club. But it says his mercies are ever new every morning. He's not looking to punish you. He's looking to promote you. He's not looking to tear you down. He's looking to build you up. And if you don't know what's going on, he'll give you the wisdom to get through this situation. Maybe you did make a mistake that absolutely just put you in a place of a mess, as we say. Well, hey, he wants to take that message and turn it into a message. He wants to take that test and turn it into a testimony so that you can be on these screens sharing the goodness of God. You say, well, people in my family didn't live to certain ages. I understand that. In three months from now, I'm going to be 60 years old. Hallelujah. One side of my family, my mother's, my mother's sister's family, not a single one of them made it to 60 years old. I'm so looking forward to 60 that I'm just going to have a party and celebrate. <laughs> so anyway, I, I just think getting older is awesome. I like it now, my senior discounts. I ask all the time. <laughs> you think Mr. Anderson's a chief senior discount? So, hey, I'm coming in second. No, nah, it's not like that. But seriously, I mean, I, I, it's not that I need a discount. I just like it. And there's a certain amount of respect that comes with it, too. I like getting older. I know I miss the hair, but you know what? Whatever. I don't have to comb and deal with it, okay? So I just move on. And Jonathan, I really like this look, and everything else is just fine. But no, seriously, it's all a matter of choice. And as I close this service, I just want you, as our worship team comes up, as y'all come on up, I just want you to know, listen, it is the truth in God's word that he wants you to live a full life and a good life.